welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we are going to be looking at the case of BTI 2014 LLC and Sicana SA. The citation for this case is 2022 UKSC 25. And this case that we're looking at is really important in the context of company law. It's all about how much of a duty companies' directors owe to their creditors. On the one hand, it is obviously important that companies are mindful of the debts that they owe. But that does not necessarily mean that the needs of the company should be ignored either. This creditor duty, as it is known, is especially relevant when a company is at risk of insolvency and comes from the case of West Mercia Safetyware and Dodd from 1988. These proceedings actually have their origin from 2009, when the directors of a company called AWA issued a dividend of 135 million euros to its only shareholder, Sicana, the respondents in this case. This was technically all above board and helped to extinguish a debt that Sicana owed to AWA. But as I just mentioned, this case is all about whether a company that does something like this is at risk of insolvency. From a balance sheet and cash flow perspective, AWA were clearly solvent, but it did have long-term pollution-related contingent liabilities of an uncertain amount and insurance portfolio of an uncertain value. To put it more simply, there was a real chance that AWA could become insolvent at some point in the future, but back in 2009 that was neither imminent nor even probable. Fast forward 10 years and AWA did enter into insolvent administration. The appellant in this case, BTI, is the assignee of AWA's claims, and it wanted to recover the 135 million euro dividend from the company directors, arguing that the decision to distribute that money was a breach of the creditor duty. That argument was rejected in the High Court and then again in the Court of Appeal. In particular, the Court of Appeal noted that the creditor duty does not apply until insolvency is a probable outcome, and that was simply not the case when the dividend was paid in 2009. BTI appealed to the Supreme Court, and that is where we pick things up. The first question for the Court is to what extent there is a creditor duty. According to statute law, the general rule comes from section 172, subsection 1, of the Companies Act 2006, which says that directors must act in the best interests of the company. Nevertheless, the Supreme Court held that this duty can be modified by the common law in certain circumstances where the interests of the company also include the interests of any creditors. That common law modification comes from the West Mercia case we mentioned at the start of the episode. There is also some support for this modification in section 172 subsection 3 that makes the general duty, quote, subject to any enactment or rule of law requiring directors in certain circumstances to consider or act in the interests of creditors of the company, end quote. All of this makes general sense because while creditors always have an interest in the affairs of a company, that interest is clearly heightened when the company is approaching insolvency. Furthermore, the justices pointed out that the idea that shareholders should ratify decisions does not affect the rule in West Mercia, because directors still have a duty to act in the best interests of the company, 
and the shareholders would not be permitted to act in a way that goes against this. The next question for the justices was whether this creditor duty can apply when the directors pay a dividend that would otherwise be lawful. Here the answer was yes for a couple of reasons. First, the ability to pay dividends under Part 23 of the Companies Act is subject to any rule of law to the contrary, and the creditor duty is part of the common law. Secondly, the payment of a dividend can still be a breach of duty when a company is cash flow insolvent. The next question for the court to consider was when the creditor duty should operate. The way that they explain this is almost like a sliding scale. In other words, the closer that a company is to insolvency, the more consideration should be given to the interests of creditors. Once insolvency looks like it is inevitable, the creditor's interest becomes paramount because shareholders no longer hold any interest of value in the company. So how does this apply to the case we have before us today? Well, at the time of the dividend in 2009, AWA was not about to go insolvent, and in fact insolvency was not even probable, so the duty does not apply. It is true that because of the liabilities there was a real chance of insolvency at some point in the future, but that is not sufficient for the creditor's duty to apply. And overall, I think this decision strikes a good balance between the interests of creditors and the effective running of companies. Of course, it is important that creditors should not lose out because of irresponsible management of a company, and it is right that there is a rule of law that makes directors mindful of these interests. On the other hand, this should not be a prevailing duty that overrides the effective running of a company. As Lady Arden pointed out, the route that a company might take to insolvency is not linear and may be full of ups and downs. Companies should be given every opportunity to avoid insolvency if they can, and so the creditor duty should only be activated once the end is nigh. One of the problems, though, is at what point you say insolvency is probable. What looks like a company on the brink for some might appear as on the verge of a turnaround for others. Building on this, the justices did not answer whether or not it is essential for directors to even know if insolvency is probable so it might not even matter what the directors thought in the situation. This view of the cases may be a bit hypocritical because obviously the judges could not possibly tell us about every situation, but there is a need for clarity in this area. As more cases come forward, we will be able to get a better understanding of the factual situations where the credit duty does apply. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provides theme music. Quick reminder before we go that if you would like to support the podcast and help to keep it ad-free, then you can subscribe to my newsletter and earn yourself some nice perks, including more content from me each week and a free ebook on how to answer essay questions on a law degree. If that sounds like something you're interested in, then check out the link in the description to this podcast episode. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!